Hello world, it's the Ladies of Nerditude. My name's Francine. I'm Jill. And this week we are going to be talking about White Trash Zombie Volume 5, White Trash Zombie Gone Wild by Diana Rowland. We are five-sixths of the way through the series. Yay! Yes! Only one book left and so much madness. That only took us that only took us like three years. That's cool. Uh, you know, it's a it's a book series. You want to savor it. You really you don't want to rush it, you know? It's if we it's did. <laughs> yes. And now's the perfect time to read because we got tons of time and nowhere to go. So <laughs> it's a good Very uh, true. Yeah, good summer to get through a reading list or seven, I feel like. <laughs> yep. <sighs> so obviously spoilers abound for the book. Um there's one more left in the series. What's the last one called? Do you remember off White the top Trash of that? Zombie Unchained? Nice. I'm excited. That one's going to be yeah. good. I want to know what happens. Yeah. Like the cover has uh her with two alligators on chain leashes. So, I don't know what that means, but I'm there for it. Madness. Yeah. I still feel like I don't understand, totally understand the cover of this one. Um, I don't either. But yeah, I mean, I get the heads, like the severed heads. There's a lot of severed heads in this book, to be honest. Um, who are these people, though? The two heads on the book cover? I'm not sure. I, I don't really know. Um, but yeah. I don't either. Totally. It's, uh, I feel like they're going for more of a theme than a specific book reference, like plot reference. Yeah, because I also don't know that she was hanging out in yellow underwear or listening to mixtapes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, um, still cool yeah. artwork. <laughs> you know, it's cool. We're just going to roll with it. It's, it's all part of the style of the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So, uh. Spoilers for this book and up through this book, really, because we can't talk about mm. one book in the series without like talking about the rest of the stuff that's already happened. So um, if you're not up to date on the books, be prepared to be spoiled, I guess. Um, but we can't spoil you on book six yet because at least I haven't read it. So I haven't either. <laughs> so we're spoiler free. from soon. Yeah, we're spoiler free for book six, but spoiler tastic up through book five. Mm. Um. <laughs> Before we get to that, have you been doing anything interesting nerd-wise lately? No. no? I had to think about it. <laughs> um, no, not really. I've been re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. That's about it. Um, I've been working a lot again lately, so um, that's been taking up a lot of my time. So mostly I've been rewatching that and then while I work I try to listen to audiobooks so I listen to this one and then I also listen to The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks and um what was the other one oh The Hate You Give I listened to that um and then I started Stephen Fry's Heroes which is the um, second in his Greek mythology books um yes so that comes after Mythos. So I'm listening to Heroes. Uh, that one is like 16 hours long, but that's going to take me a while. Whew. It's a, it's a epic, if you will. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So taking that on. Yeah. Yep. That's exciting. It's good stuff, though, right? Like you're liking it. You're enjoying it. Stephen Fry is wonderful, of course. 
I I was gonna say you can't go wrong with Stephen Fry. Yeah. Um, he'll talk about anything. <laughs> love anything that he does. Uh, he's so smart and witty and nerdy and insightful, yeah. and I love it. Um, I would highly recommend both of these in the yeah. Greek mythology series. So, what about you? Um, <sighs> Sorry, my cat won't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he has a lot to say. He wants to tell us what he's been doing as a nerd lately. Um, (laughs) I was obviously reading White Trash Zombie book five. Um, I've also been trying to catch up on like some TV and like Netflix content because I haven't been on Netflix Mm. in a while. So, um, yeah, I tried to watch the Warrior Nun series, the, uh, graphic novel series that's on Netflix right now about halfway through. And I was like, I don't know about this. So. We're on a break Um, because I'm not sure I can, I'm not sure I can hang. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Um, We also watched uh, The Old Guard, the new Charlize Theron Netflix movie. Okay. Um, And that was pretty good. It was very faithful to the comics, which I enjoyed. And I like Charlize Theron. So I was like, oh, she's doing a movie where she kicks some ass. Okay. I will watch that. And I feel like that was worth the two hours of my life for sure. Like that was a good one. Um, and my husband and I just started finally the Netflix Dracula series, the three parts by, uh, Stephen Moffat and, um, mm. Mark Gatiss, the people who did Sherlock and Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm a big Dracula, the book fan and a big Nosferatu fan. And, uh, it's just a big mishmash of like everything ever about Dracula, like everything, books screen yeah i've heard mixed reviews so let me know what you think about that yeah i have a bit of a mixed review at this point i'm a third of the way through we watched like quote unquote episode one part one there it's that classic like sherlock you know three parts but they're each an hour and a half long Ah, situation um so each one is like a movie but I have mixed feelings i think it's the the take on the story is interesting the it's a little like over the top like how do you do dracula and not be over the top in 2019 2020 mm. but like it is over the top <laughs> like woo. so i don't know we'll see i'm reserving judgment until i finish all three parts fair it's a lot sometimes things get off to a bumpy start yeah, it's just it's it's so much. Like it's so dramatic and it's like so like every schlocky like Dracula from screen that you've ever seen. It's like Bella Lugosi no. and Christopher Lee, like every one of them just like rolled into one character and you're like, "Man, he's kind of a dick." <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot. Um but it's interesting. I love a good horror series, so I'm like down for a good classic like horror scare um yeah i also watched the new invisible man with elizabeth moss that one was really good uh be prepared to be like frightened of your own house for a long time afterward but it was really good (laughs) Uh, i'm not gonna do that while i live alone thank you (laughs) yeah that's it did not seem i think i texted you when i watched it and i was like yes you did great maybe don't watch it though Yeah, I think that was your exact phrasing. This is great. Don't watch it. Okay. Maybe not for you because it's got too many of the things that like trigger scare you. 
You know me well. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put you through that. I know. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've just been consuming like a lot of nerd like TV and books and movies because there's like nothing else to do. <gasps> yeah. 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 <laughs> I hear that. But we did read this book. Yes, we did. Woohoo. Um, yeah. So jumping into like the story itself, because like, oh my gosh, I feel like there was a lot of story in this one. I don't know if it was like just me, but no. it fe- felt like a lot. Did it, it feel like a lot to you? I felt like it was a little bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there was so much going on that I kind of not struggled to keep up necessarily, but I was a little, I had to kind of pause here and there to be like, wait, who's that? How do they know what's going on? Wait, yeah. which which organization is this person affiliated with? And <laughs> and it got extra confusing um, because there's like almost no female characters in this mm-hmm. story. So, and all of the guys seem interchangeable a lot of the time and all the ones that we were familiar with were kind of taken out of this particular book Mm -hmm. um because because actually pretty much almost everybody we already know has been removed from this particular book in some way so we don't have angel's best friend who's the other strong female character in this series and um we don't have like Dr. Cherish is there, but she's like in the background very heavily yeah. and stuff like that. And then everybody else, it's like dudes and one girl named Rachel who really doesn't like her and mm-hmm. one girl named Justine who is there for a hot second. Yeah. So it, it almost felt like they were trying to replace like I miss Jane a lot in this book. Yeah. I was, like, I was Where gonna are say you, girl. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say Jane's gone and like, and then even all the familiar faces, um, like, you know, Marcus isn't there really. Philip is kind of removed from the story. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, and then we're introduced to kind of a flurry of new people. The only people that I recognized were Randy Mm -hmm. and um, Nick Mm -hmm. and Alan Prejean. And Dr. Nykus. And other than that, it was like, who are these people? (laughs) What? Yeah. I don't know. So it got, I got kind of bogged down with a lot of new faces and trying to remember who was doing what. And I listened to it um, Mm -hmm. instead of reading the physical book. So I think that might have been an extra challenge because then I was trying to be like, okay, wait. Cause I can't go back and flip through the pages and stuff. So I was like, okay, wait, so I'd have to pause it. And who is that? And what do they know? And who are they affiliated with? And, and wait, is it, and then, uh, what's his name? Rosario mm-hmm. was introduced in a previous book for like two seconds. Yeah. And we didn't realize it until Angel realized it. And then mm-hmm. I had to think about, then I had to think back to what happened in book four yeah. It was a whole big thing. So <laughs> it it was really well written and it was good. I thought the I it was a page turner for mm-hmm. sure, figuratively speaking for me, but there were points where I had to stop and go, wait a second, what? Yeah. So that was a little bit distracting for me. 
Yeah. It's funny to me that like in the past couple of books, we were talking about like how many female characters there were and like, ooh, the villain is like a female character and the hero and like her best friend. And we were like, ooh, strong yeah. females everywhere. And then they were like, zap, they're all gone. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. what happened? Like, where did, what? Like we talk about Nicole Saber, but she's not actually in the book. And we talk about Dr. Cherish, but she's not actually in the book. And like, <laughs> I was like, where... Where is everybody? And it was strange to me. Like, we don't really know. I thought it was interesting that in this book, Angel seems like her own enemy. Like, she seems like the big yeah. bad of the book to herself for most of the way through. Like, until towards the very end. Yeah, I agree. And I think that was an interesting choice by the author to be like this, the, the like, evil in this book isn't even zombies it's not even like you know big corporations or whatever it's like addiction and i was like okay i'm here for that let's do a character study like okay cool and then that kind of dropped about like halfway through the book which surprised me because they set up the first half of the book like okay it's about angel's inner struggle and i was like okay and then they figure out the thing with V12 and they're like, okay, here's the solve for it, you know, and the effects of her choices follow her through the rest of the book. But the actual addiction itself, not as much. So I thought that was kind of strange to yeah. like make that choice. And then it flips gears into like, okay, now the bad guy of the book is like the zombie hunters, but who are the zombie hunters and like who's doing the like targeting and then it kind of flips from that to like who's targeting angel and her friends and like her people so it sort of felt like very bouncy to me like it it's sort of like now we're over here now we're over here now we're over here i almost feel like it was three different stories in one book which might be why it felt like so much i agree it was a lot and then like we also don't know like her dad mysteriously isn't around very mm -hmm. much and so then I had questions about that and especially um, with the addiction part of it because they had kind of gone through that together. They have one mm -hmm. little scene where they where he confronts her and he's like, I know you're using something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Yeah. And that I thought was very moving. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, it like it. Yeah, about partway through the book, it kind of got swept under the rug. It felt like. Um, because we had both talked about at the end of the previous book, we were like, oh, my God, I need to know what happens with her and her addiction. And then as the story went on in the fifth book, I just kind of felt like not that she got over it because she didn't, but that she kind of was like, yep, I'm an addict and I, I'm just going to have to figure this out at some point and I'm just going to keep going and I have to use this right now because it's an yeah. emergency and it's everybody's fault but my own but it is my fault and then she was using it and it made her fall apart mm -hmm. literally so it was there but it wasn't it had more of a physical effect than a mental effect it seemed like towards the end and i i don't know how i feel about that yeah yeah i feel like the science was like meant to be important in this book but it also kind of like felt a little contrived <laughs> yeah 
like okay we have this like mystery substance that's like drugs for zombies and it affects you in this specific way unless you take like extra super big doses and then it affects you in this totally other way you know unless you like do it this way and if you need it that's one thing but like if you don't need it then it's going to act like a drug it was very like one thing that's supposed to just do so many different like serve so many purposes throughout the story that was a little bit hard to like keep track of (laughs) yeah and the the part of the v12 that really threw me was that dr nikus knew she was skimming it from the lab Mm -hmm. and didn't do anything or say anything because it was meant to be medication for philip Mm -hmm. so in my mind it was kind of like a a type of a morphine like addiction like it's it's like a medication she Mm -hmm. she kind of needs it for certain things but then you get addicted to it and so she was skimming it from philip who is getting sicker and sicker Mm -hmm. and she doesn't put it together in her head that that might be because she's putting saline solution in his medication yeah but then dr nikus says later on like i know what you've been doing i just didn't say anything and i was like well well why did you want to see like what was going to happen to her and she's like oh it's it helps my with my dyslexia and he's like ah tell me more and it was just like over yeah she like grabs the vials and runs and i was just like uh no one's gonna do anything about this okay okay like <laughs> we're moving on. it was very okay. odd it was very <laughs> odd to me yeah. that he was concerned but he wasn't and why would you and especially knowing her past of addiction yeah. and things like i was very confused about why he wouldn't at the very least from a science perspective kind of step in and say hey I noticed that you're doing this. Can you tell me why? Like, do you, it, does it have an effect on you that like, maybe it's a good thing and I need to know about mm-hmm. it for the other zombies that I'm growing in these tanks or, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe, maybe it's a bad thing and I need to know because maybe it is like heroin for zombies mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, like, wh- or what, what in it is your body craving that kind of thing. I just didn't buy that he didn't care about it like even if not from a friendship or a caring perspective but he didn't care from a scientific perspective yeah well and to not replace it once you know that it's like being skimmed it, uh, maybe like the effects were cumulative so it had like already affected philip and they couldn't just like start giving him more to like fix it or whatever i don't know the mm-hmm. science was like a little kooky i'm not sure that i really <laughs> grasped like the whole situation there yeah and it it also kind of like echoed Prejean to me because he knew she was stealing brains from Mm -hmm. corpses and didn't say anything why would you not say something when you know that your lab tech is stealing brains and eating them and Mm -hmm. that other people are noticing yeah Yep, and for him to come out with, like, I'm all, I was friends with Kang, and, like, he used to take brains when he would, like, deliver the corpses to the funeral home, and that was fine. So, like, was he expecting her to come to him, or, like, what? 
what was happening yeah, there? Like, why hold I on to that for five books? <laughs> yeah, I was confused because right from when he's introduced, he's a dick and he doesn't mm-hmm. like Angel. And like, because he's one of the cops who comes in Caesar when she first becomes a zombie and she's in the hospital and they're trying to figure out if she was high or whatever during her accident. He's one of the officers that's there. He doesn't mm-hmm. like her. And then he's just kind of a dick to her until the fourth book when she cuts her hand open and he stitches it for her. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, ah, maybe he's warming up to her, whatever. But then in this book, he's like, oh, by the way, I've known that zombies exist for like years. And I figured out that you were one uh, because I noticed that uh, you healed up really fast after... I gave you stitches and all these brains have been going missing, but I didn't really want to say anything and you're not going to like lose your job because it doesn't interfere with your paperwork and you being on time. And I was like, what the fuck? You're like, what are your priorities here, man? She's a zombie, (laughs) but she's on time and she's definitely, you know, snacking on stuff in the office, but whatever. And, you know, I mean, I think that's very open-minded of him. I appreciate. It just seems odd. (laughs) Because then there's a special investigator who shows up and is like, why are all these brains going missing? And and why are there pig brains in here instead of human brains? Somebody needs to explain this. And he, that's when he finally says something. And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? You, like, you couldn't have said something when you first figured it out and you say like, hey, I know this is going to come as a shock, but I actually already do know about zombies and I and I think you're one and I've mm-hmm. noticed that the brains are going missing. You you need to be careful. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why he wouldn't have said something. The only possible thing I can think of is that he thought if he said something, she might turn on him, but I don't mm. think so. Yeah, I mean, it seems like his past with zombies being, like, at least that woman when he worked in Africa and Kang, right? Those are two zombies that we know that he knows, like, personally or knew personally. Neither one of them seemed very hostile. Those seemed like very productive, good, friendship-y type situations. So, like, does he really just dislike Angel that much that he was like, well, I didn't want you to know that I know Cause like I'm a douchebag or like what? <laughs> I'm not yeah, really and sure. Then, <laughs> yeah, and then he was the one who's like, by the way, I know the secret formula or the secret yeah. ingredient for that the- was helpful. <laughs> that was helpful, but it was kind of like, really? Why didn't you? Why didn't you say something or like? Cause okay, Kang is dead or like as, as far as he knows, Kang is gone. Yeah. He's missing. Hmm. But you know that there's another zombie working for you and she looks sick and Mm. because she's starting to turn gray and all this stuff. So why wouldn't you do something or say something and be like, by the way, you need some of this whatever plant he said. (laughs) And I I don't know. It's just very odd. And I hope that maybe maybe in the sixth book it'll get cleared up. But there was a lot of things where I kind of was like. Well, this is just like too weird that Dr. Nikus and Prejean were like, look, I know you've been stealing medication slash brains and I just didn't want to say anything, but it's become a problem. And 
I just don't think that either one of your bosses would not say something. <laughs> That's true. It's weird. Yeah. No, that is a very good point. I think that is a very fair point. Like, what are you... The communication is is not really there. It's not stellar at the moment. Um, and I want to be like, she's been acting erratic and weird and like pushing people away. And that's why people mm -hmm. don't want to talk to her and like don't really want to try to rationalize with her because she's not acting super rational. Like she's no. acting like an addict. She's acting manic and like like nervous and suspicious and like distant and all of this stuff. So like, okay, you're acting weird. So people are going to act weird around you. But this is like really weird. <laughs> like to the point where it kind of doesn't seem like it makes sense. Like it's hard to suspend disbelief when it's like, where did that come from? Wait, I don't understand. Why are you bringing this up now? Why did you wait? Why did you like, I don't know that there was a good narrative path set out for why they would talk to her when they did and why they wouldn't talk to her before then. That yeah. felt very weird. Yeah. And then speaking of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other random thing that I was like, what was, uh, the whole thing with Nick. Yeah. It so okay, so his deal throughout the books is she's always called him Nick the Prick. And slowly over time he has become better. So when mm -hmm. she first shows up, he kind of treats her like white trash and kind of equates her to being trailer trash and an addict and thinks she's kind of yeah. stupid and everything. But as time goes on, he becomes less so and he helps her get her GED and he becomes kind of a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Grows on me. And I think at some point previously she had kind of thought he was cute or something but that he was a jerk so she didn't really do anything about it you know. But now it's like random kissing him in the lab and like and him I think I could have maybe bought that if the other stuff hadn't been going on because she starts to notice that he is kind of reverting back to being a jerk. Mm -hmm. And given Angel's like history with men, I just kind of think she would have reached the no bullshit point by now mm. of, hey, why are you acting like an asshole? I don't have time for this. Just peace yeah. out and like dropped it. But that's not really what happened. I don't know. She kind of also makes it sound like maybe it's because of the V12, because mm -hmm. it makes you a little bit more impulsive and stuff. I don't know. But I did find his arc very interesting in this book. But the biggest part of the disbelief for me with him was when he found out she was a zombie and he was just like, oh, OK. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> he definitely like at least Alan has the knowledge that zombies exist already so like finding out that she's one like okay that slots into the reality that zombies exist Nick finds out that zombies exist and that she's one like right at the same time but he doesn't seem to freak like really at all <laughs> yeah not not really at all so we find out his dad is like a doomsday prepper type guy in yeah. town and their relationship is very rocky and he's been dealing yes. with that in the background mm -hmm. and 
and that was a that was a good like subplot. Yeah. But his dad is like, son, zombies, that's a thing. And he's like, yeah, whatever, dad. Okay. And then they find out that Angel is a zombie because the, the dad shows Nick video mm-hmm. that proves that Angel is a zombie. And she's like, but wait a second. Let me tell you why I acted as viciously as I did in these videos, because what got edited out is that, you know, I got shot or like whatever. And he's just like, "Eh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess I'd, I'd be angry if somebody shot me too. And I'll, you know, wait a second. She's a zombie. (laughs) And you're the lead here, guys. (laughs) You are a like coroner. Like you're a death investigator. You, like, wouldn't yeah. you have so many questions, <laughs> not only as her friend, again, as a scientist, that's an animated corpse talking to you. Like, right. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, well, <laughs> we're still friends, though. So that's, let's go save the day together. What? No, you don't have any questions, no room for hesitation, no pause whatsoever. That that and and his dad the doomsday prepper who the entire book has been like fucking zombies i'm gonna kill them all (laughs) and then he hears angel's story and instantly he is also on her side and she doesn't have any hesitation that he's like faking it and is gonna kill her or anything and they're just all besties and they like skip off into the woods together to go save the day and you're like wait a minute what He's he knows the zombies are real and he hates them. But as soon as you tell him your sad story, you've reversed probably years of the way he was thinking. And I I don't I don't believe that. Yeah, I feel like we're we're supposed to assume that she's really convincing like her plus the video videos are like really convincing that the big bad that like they thought was the big bad which would be like flesh eating zombies um (laughs) brain eating zombies that's not like really the big evil like the big evil is the corporation that is like basically a walking human rights violation like that's the biggest worst thing right it's like not that not the revelation that your friend like you're a german person and oh my gosh your friend is jewish and you never knew that they were jewish but the revelation is like the holocaust is real and nazis are terrible so like that just kind of like overrides your shock your personal shock about whatever is going on and you're like oh but the big evil is like out there so let's go fight it Mm -hmm. okay like sure maybe he was terrified and that kind of like made him believe her more because she could have killed him and eaten his brain and she didn't right there in the office. That's pretty convincing. That's true. You know, like he saw how strong she was. He saw like how fiercely loyal she was to Nick too because she was like, you touch him and I'll kill you basically. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe that like went a long way to convince him (laughs) and make him change his mind. I don't know. (laughs) I guess. And I would have, I would have bought some hesitation in that regard, but it was like they were instantly on board. Yeah. 
And then, but then, I mean, after the climax of everything, uh, Nick kind of starts to show more hesitation around her. I think it's mm-hmm. like sinking in a little bit, but I just, I don't know, in that moment where they're like, ah, totally zombies. Yeah. yeah. Got it. You're good though. So, okay, cool. Let's go do this. <laughs> My world has shifted. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> You know, her her dad accepted it pretty pretty readily too, but that you understand because like that's still your kid. You know that also <laughs> I feel was a different situation because Yeah. She saved his life in the middle of a flood and he True. saw it firsthand and he had seen her in the months coming up to that and knew that she mm-hmm. wasn't different. Whereas yeah. Bear doesn't know her at all and like nick i would expect them to at least have a conversation and say you know maybe we should listen to her or like we need to think about it or we need to talk about it or something but instantly we're just okay (laughs) let's go damn skippy yeah (laughs) yay zombies let's go i'm team zombie now cool um yeah and i i have to say like rosario's plan just that was some I, weird shit uh, that guy i am just like what reality do you live in and i guess the answer to my question is a world where nicole saber like basically mind fucks you until you don't know anything like she is so much more convincing like a true sociopath like convincing yeah that I don't think I realized it until his character was like explained because I was convinced all the way up to the point where they're like, it was his fault. He's the one that released the videos and everything. When he was like chasing her through the swamp and he was like, you don't understand. You just don't get it. I was convinced that he was going to be like, I'm actually on your side. Like I work for the tribe. I was like, what is there not to get? Like what, what's going to be the twist here? And the twist was that he's crazy because she made him crazy. (laughs) like i what was your plan dude really you thought that you were just gonna like release this very carefully curated story that someone else handed to you and that that was gonna fix everything because she's always right like how blind of him to trust her she's so evil and like he trusted her so much until angel came by and was like you realize that this is stupid right like you realize that she's a big giant liar face and he was like huh i guess she is a big giant liar face like (laughs) yeah i liked how angel really laid that all out and gave specific examples of how (laughs) she's the worst like nicole saver is the worst and it was so amazing to me that he did not see it at all. Like that he had drank so much Kool-Aid that he was just like, no, she's the best. Like, how do you think that? How do you even like live in this reality that everyone else lives in? That was wild. <laughs> it's like, man. It was a lot to take in. That was that was strange. Um I the the people that I bought the most in this book, like the people that I understood and and like was convinced by the most were like Randy and his two friends. Like Randy and Judd and Coy. Yeah. 
I was like, yeah. those guys are believable because they're like a little overly violent, a little overly masculine, a little, um, just a touch, um, a little, you know, like dumb, like not really, they don't really think things through. A little drunk. A little, yeah, yeah just like a little kind of like flopping through life and like, oops, that's how you end up in prison. Like, oops, that's how, you know, like you go out drunk to like have fun during like the zombie hunts and then whoops, you actually kill a guy. <laughs> but yeah. like not really whoops um they were probably yeah. the most believable characters to me yeah and i think that one thing diana roland is really good at is taking a character from the beginning of the series where you're just like oh i hate this person because angel hates this person or we have a reason to think like so and so is a dirt bag and then she makes them endearing or shows that they are more complex than that and I think Randy is a really good example of that because in the beginning it's like he's just the scumbag mm -hmm. boyfriend and yeah. he's made a lot of mistakes and everything but you can tell that after Angel left him he grew up a lot mm -hmm. but he's still kind of an idiot yeah at least and he has a heart is, yeah and this and is a just soul. him having <laughs> Bad luck. Yeah. And things bad like friends. that. Yeah. And he's got bad some bad friends. friends. Yeah. Make some bad decisions. And, but, <laughs> but he's the one who tries to fix it. Yeah. And tries to save the other people involved mm -hmm. and wants to kind of do the right thing. Yeah. Mostly. So yeah. he's still growing. But I, I, I agree. I liked I liked those characters and I think that of all the stuff that was going on, I I bought that the most where it was like, yeah, they're having zombie fest in town. And mm -hmm. of course people are going <laughs> to want to do the, the zombie killing quote unquote game. Yeah. And an accident happens mm -hmm. or is it an accident? And Randy and Coy are just kind of there and find out that Judd's a total dick. So yeah. 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 Judd has some ulterior motives, shall we say. Um, and I think that he thinks that his friends are kind of dumb, which to me made him like even more evil because like he's both dumb and he's looking down on other people like they're dumb. And that kind of pissed me off. I was like really happy when he got his comeuppance because I was like, he's sort of terrible. Like, not only is he a sexist, not only is he violent, not only is he, like, maybe a little bit murdery, um, but he's also kind of a jerk to his own friends. And, like, he was going to set them up for murder and let them go down for it. And I was like, what a dick. This guy mm -hmm. is an ass. She's right to not like him the whole time that she and Randy were together. She was like, ugh, Judd. And I was like, you're right. Ugh, Judd is right. Eh, yeah. That guy's a jerk. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate how when the chips were down, Randy knew who to trust. Mm -hmm. He like knew who to go to. He kind of like showed his heart in that moment too, that like he, maybe he's aloof. Maybe he's like a little bit of a hick. Maybe he's a little bit like dumb, but he paid attention enough to their relationship that he was able to, like, communicate with her and, like, put his trust in her. And he knew that she was going to be the one that was strong enough to save the day. Not because she's a zombie, but because she's Angel. 
And I really, I was like, oh, now that's really nice. Like maybe he's a little bit of a hot mess, but like he's a good person deep down. And she knows it too. And I was like, okay, that was nice. (laughs) Yeah. I like how their relationship has evolved and that, Mm. because I kind of thought when she finally broke up with him for real, that it was like, oh, he's probably going to be somebody who pops up in the background at inconvenient times. And it's like, ugh. My yeah, ex. that guy. But yeah. they <laughs> they actually are decent friends and they're okay like not being romantically involved anymore. Mm-hmm. And I I like that. It's, you know, sometimes when relationships end, things like that can happen and you can actually be friends with somebody. And I like that Angel kind of goes through that in her head and is like, you know, it didn't work out between us, but that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. And yeah. you know, he's he helped her out a lot in the fourth book and and now it was kind of her mm-hmm. turn to help him out in this book and i'm interested to see how that goes but i also did like in that general term uh for this book that she didn't really have a whole lot of romantic things going on mm-hmm. this was mostly just story i mean she has the the kiss with Nick and she interacts with Randy. Mm-hmm. But other than that, and I think there's like, yeah, there's like a, a brief conversation with Marcus. But other than that, she's not thinking about guys that like at all. Yeah. Other than to objectify the one guy in the cargo <laughs> pants. But other than that, <laughs> it, she's just doing her thing. And I, I kind of liked it because it, it was a nice little break from that in a, in a series of books, because in the previous books, there was always a little something going on, mm-hmm. whether it was Marcus or Philip or whoever. And this book, it was like, nope, we don't need to worry about it. You know, one little brief thing with Nick and we're done. And I mean, that was like mm-hmm. a page. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to, I think, honestly, like for me, it was nice to take Marcus out of the story. I did yeah. not really yeah. miss him. Um, I kind of felt like that was good actually to like give her some narrative space from him because Mm -hmm. I don't really see, eh, I don't want to be judgmental of him because I haven't read the sixth book, but I don't really see what the point of his like presence in her life is really anymore. Like aside from being one of the heads of the tribe because she basically like convinced everybody that that was a good idea um and him being like her zombie progenitor (laughs) i don't really feel like i need his energy in the story no he kind of well like no i think that at this point knowing knowing only what we know now Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like his story has run its course. Yeah, like it's um, over. Because yep. they aren't in a relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to get back together. Um, Ugh, I hope not. I hope not because, and I do, as we talked about in previous episodes about this series, it. I thought it was realistic and important mm-hmm. that Angel broke up with him for the reasons that she did. And yes. said, and and that's one of the reasons I like her character so much is she said, you know what, this isn't okay that you just make decisions about our life and don't consult with me. And I've told you not to do that and you keep doing it and I've had enough. Mm-hmm. She stood up for herself and she made that choice. And 
that's great. That's wonderful. They there needs to be more stories like that in the world. Um, yes. So after that was over, it's like, yeah, I think it kind of felt like at moments that he got promoted in the tribe just because the author couldn't really get rid of him. Because yeah. I think it's like she doesn't want to kill him off necessarily, but he's clearly still involved in the story. I I don't and it's kind of like a he's like being held in suspension, like he could mm. be used later, but not right now. So I liked that he wasn't really in this book, um, beyond like the first couple of chapters. Uh, but I, and the one interaction that she does have with him he's got like a new lady friend or something yeah. and angel angel has like a spike of jealousy because i think that's natural even if you're broken up with somebody or whatever you're gonna have that moment of like ah fuck you you know mm -hmm. but i like that yeah he doesn't seem to be involved too much in the story anymore but to me it's like, I don't know that you should kill him off, but I do feel like his story is kind of over. Yeah. And he's just there. Yeah. I think it's like if the story is about Angel, like their paths have diverged. And that's why it feels like his story is over. Because like him not being tied to her romantically yeah. anymore, it's like, eh, well, we don't really need you then. <laughs> like he was a source of conflict for her. Because he was, like, a little controlling and, like, a little bit, you know, but they had this biological and, like, emotional connection to each other. And that sort of doesn't seem like it matters as much to her now. Like, yes, he's always going to be, like, her zombie parent, but it doesn't seem like she really needs that connection. So his story is kind of, like, going on elsewhere. Like, whatever's happening to him, like, doesn't really matter because Angel is our main character yeah, it's it's not the same relationship that she has with Randy. Yeah. Where it's like they can be yes. just friends. I don't right. think that despite what she said in book four where she was like, oh, we're broken up, but he's always going to be important to me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think she and Marcus can be friends like her and Randy can be friends because it, it goes yeah. back to like, you know, we've all got exes and they, they vary. Sometimes you can be friends. Sometimes you should never talk to that person again. And... Mm. I think Marcus kind of lands more towards the latter where it's like, not that they can't talk, but that they have to be very careful around each other and yeah. they can't like hang out. They can't spend time together. It's like, you could say hi at the grocery store, but mm -hmm. like, we don't need to be besties. Yeah. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's just there. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really need to know more about him but i know he'll be around in the sixth book because he's running the show right essentially but eh. yeah marcus. that's how i feel just meh <laughs> meh marcus yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Move on. yeah for real get yourself a new boyfriend i do like uh nick i think he would be a lovely boyfriend for her go go in that direction angel go that way you even like his dad now Go down that path. Um, and they both know about you. So that's good too. Bonus. Um, <laughs> the one part about this book that I like really did like that surprised me because it has not been how I felt about the past couple of these books in the series 
was the sort of like climactic, like actiony part of the mm-hmm. story. I like in book four and even mostly in like book three, it felt like I didn't really like it wasn't the strongest part of the book. I was like, oh, okay, that happened. Like, I guess it's over now. Um, Mm -hmm. In this one, I really enjoyed the climax of the book. I thought it was like really that was the page turnery part for me was I was like, what's going to happen next? Like, what's going to happen? The everything from like her telling Nick and Bear about zombies through to like the end of the book, I feel like was the strongest part of the whole story this time because yeah, yeah. We got, like, a good chase. It was funny. It was, like, kind of scary because our main character was, like, literally dying. Like, for real dying. And she didn't know what was happening to her. So having it told from a first-person perspective was also really interesting. Um, I liked that a lot. Yeah. I think that was, like, one of the strongest points of first-person narration that I've seen in a while. Because it was, it really felt like sympathetic. Like I really felt like I was there with her going like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? Wait, don't black out. What's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Felt really stressful, which in a good way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like it, it had been a while since I'd been involved in a story where I just like, yeah, I wanted to keep going and going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And and you kind of feel like you're. (laughs) a part of it because yeah up from when she tells them uh, or when they figure out about the zombies to the end I was kind of like wait wait oh my god like and if I had read this before I before I knew there was a sixth book I would have been like oh my gosh this could really be the end because (laughs) she's literally falling apart and I liked how she kind of because she's super tanked up and so she Mm -hmm. thinks that she's invisible or invincible, not invisible. She wishes she was invisible. (laughs) Yeah. She thinks she's invincible, but then she like takes that light up brain off the front of her ATV and throws it, but her (laughs) arm goes with it. And she goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's my arm. And, but, and then she's like, but I don't, I don't feel pain. What's happening. What's happening. And not realizing until she's a shambling mess that she looks behind her and like she's left one leg behind yeah. and things like, like that. Why and can't she, I run? <laughs> yeah, and she can't really talk anymore. And like the genuine panic when she calls Nick on the phone and she's like, You need to I need help. I need help. And mm-hmm. I I thought that was really good. And then I liked when they get her back to the lab and they're trying to put her back together, how she comes in and out of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And and again, yeah, it's like from her point of view and you you don't know what's going on because she's like talking about goldfish and she's but she's so <laughs> out of it. And it's like that would be what it would be like in her shoes is she genuinely is like, what is happening? I think I hear these people, but maybe this is just a dream. Maybe I'm dead. Maybe this is what happens when you're dead. I'd have no idea. I It was really well written. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I liked... I feared throughout the whole book for Marla, the cadaver dog. And yeah. Because, like, I'm always afraid. Whenever there's a dog, I get nervous. <laughs> but in this case, like, Marla came in handy because they used her to help find all of Angel's parts. And then to, like, 
learn that Marla is now at the zombie lab, like hanging out with Dr. Nikas. It was so cute. I was like, oh, the cadaver dog likes the zombie doctor. Like, oh, so adorable. Like, I just I like the little those little moments where like Diana Roland like really subverts my expectations. I assumed mm-hmm. they were going to have to like kill the dog because the dog was going to like come after the zombies. And I was like, no. I wondered because <gasps> she was kind of loyal to Rosario. And yeah, I was like, oh, maybe because, yeah, there's parts where she growls at Angel mm-hmm. and you kind of think it's, oh, no, this is going to be bad. But I'm really glad that it turned out the way that it did. And they've got yeah. their little fuzzy little ally. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Like, super adorable. Um, So that felt, like, really rewarding to me, like, towards the end when we learned, like, the fate of all the characters. And I really, really enjoyed how Angel knew to talk to Kang because she had been through the same situation. So, like... Yeah. Yes, Cosmo. Um, <laughs> she knew that uh, Kang could hear them, even though he, like, wasn't responding. She was like, he can hear you. Like, let's talk to him. And I like that she was using the benefit of her experience that we just went through with her to, like, help someone else. Like, immediately mm-hmm. her goal is to, like, turn around and do that for someone else to, like, help them. And I just – that touches me so much. That makes her such a good protagonist to me that she's like, well, this happened to me, so, like, let me figure out how I can put that in service to other people. Oh, mm-hmm. that just – I mm, I don't know. It just, like, touches my heart place really deep when she is so kind. Like, that is her her immediate, like, action and reaction is to, like, be kind and, like, give people the benefit of the doubt and, like, just try to make everyone around her better. I think mm-hmm. that makes her a great character. Like that makes me love her. I agree. She's I'm I'm really glad that I stumbled ac- across this book series because me I too. really like <laughs> this character. I wish there were more characters like her and she's realistically mm-hmm. faulted, but yeah. She's got a good heart and I think it's also mm-hmm. cool that it's she's not what you would expect her to be and I think that's important. Um, yeah, and it's and, and it's a good story about how she can change and grow, and how mm-hmm. people can be different than how they initially are. Yeah, and the book series is like full of people who, on the surface, seem one way, but then you dig below the surface, and they're different, and they're complicated. But many times they're good, and when they're bad, it's sort of like when you pull off that mask, and it's really ugly underneath. I feel like it's just a good lesson for life. It's like the powerful people like Nicole Saber and Andrew Saber, like you pull off that mask of power and like prestige and like money and everything that they have. And you're like, ew, you're a gross person. Like underneath, you're horrible. You're a monster. But you look at these like people who live in the country in Louisiana and are like not, you know, on the surface, they don't seem like the most educated, like cultured people. So you have these assumptions about them. And Angel's highly aware of those assumptions <laughs> and she's like but trust me you're wrong mm-hmm. like up front she's like trust me you don't know these people like once you get to know them most of them are really good and like most of them are actually really accepting and like kind and generous and helpful and they'll put their own ass on the line for the people that they care about 
and that's just a really great message i think like we see it with her dad we see it with nick we see it with bear we see it with randy like all of these people that on the surface you're like ugh, i would never want them to be my friends but now i i do i'm like yes i want to be your friends because you're really nice and like cool and you stick up for each other and like you accept each other faults and all which i really really appreciate i like it i agree it gives so, me the warm fuzzies. <laughs> yeah. How many um, severed heads would you give this book? <laughs> Can I do like three severed heads and then like maybe a forehead? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the implausible parts were kind of rough because I was like a little confused and it felt a little abrupt in those moments. But um, that ending. That last, like, maybe handful of chapters, oh, it just turned me around. It turned my opinion around on this book as a whole. So I, I got to give it props for that. How about you? What would you say? I'd, I'd give it three heads. Yeah. It, three heads? It, <laughs> I think it would have benefited from maybe one more round with the editor or something like yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, the last few chapters really made up for for some of the gaps that I felt were mm -hmm. in there. So overall, I would say it's one of my, I'd say it's one of the better books in the series. Um, I agree. But yeah, it could have, it could have used a little bit more editing, but I, I liked it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like it's the, still the middle towards the end of a book series. And this makes me want to read book six which I feel like is a good thing. You know, like it makes oh, yeah. me want to wrap up the story. Like now I want to know about Kang and about like the final like power struggle and all these things I imagine in my head of what book six will be. But mm -hmm. I thought I knew what this book was going to be going out of book four and I did not. So I want to be pleasantly surprised <laughs> by book six. And that's, oh, yeah. a, that's a pretty good place to be, I feel like, at the end of the fifth book in a six-book series. You, like, want to be surprised by the final chapter, the final, like, installment. Yeah. That's pretty good overall. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are we going to talk about next week? Or next time? Excuse me. So in two weeks, um, Jill and I were actually chatting today over text and we realized per that <laughs> per the use, this is what we do with our lives. Um, we realized that there are a heck of a lot of game shows happening right now. So we're going to give a little bit of time and space to the American game show in two weeks. Um, they're super popular right now. There's like a ton of reboots going on and like like remixes of shows that we grew up with as kids or like things that we recognize as kids. And it's an interesting phenomenon. So, and I know I've gotten sucked into game shows. You've gotten sucked into a few yourself too. <laughs> so oh, yeah. um, we're going to talk a little bit about the resurgence of game shows and uh, our opinions and thoughts on that whole subgenre. It's a weird thing. Yeah. It's a weird thing yeah. when you start thinking about it. Yeah, but it's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's something to do. <laughs> yes so <laughs> until then wash your hands and go read a book or watch a game show yes and we will see you in two weeks okay, bye bye